Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Alrighty, righty. So, hello and welcome to the Not Share with Dr. Dave podcast. I am Dr. Dave A. Cornelius, affectionately called Dr. Dave, and I am your host. Today, February 2nd, 2024, is the second day of Black History Month. And since I've been talking about getting to your mountaintop, I felt it appropriate to cite a few lines from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, I've been to the mountaintop. It was delivered on the night of April 3rd, 1968, at the Bishop Charles Mason Temple in Memphis, Tennessee, as a storm raged outside. Then the next day, he was fatally shot at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th, 1968. So here's the excerpt that I took from the speech, and, and it goes something like this. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop, and I don't mind. I just want to do God's will, and he's allowed me to go to the mountaintop, and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land, but I want you to know that we, as a people, will get to the promised land. And, and so I just pulled that out of the big speech that he gave um, before he died. And, and the promised land is the destination of the social innovator and the trailblazing entrepreneur. That's, that's the thing that we pursue oftentimes. And so my guest today is Ronnie Cyrus Jackson. Ronnie, welcome to the Knowledge Show with Dr. Dave podcast and get into the Mountaintop uh, series. Thank you. So glad to be here. And thank you for the invitation and entrusting me with your stage, Dr. Dave. Of course, of course. You know, I know you're a whirlwind of talent, author, speaker, coach, advocate, all the beautiful stuff, right? Yep. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> but we like to start off with something you know, fun, and, and 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 maybe we'll hear you chirp a little bit today. So what song or spoken word is in, um, inspiring you today? And and if you have something, then I, I just want to know, would you be open to humming a few bars or reciting a few words of your inspiration? Oh, that's funny. So, you know, a song, yes, I, I do have a song in mind. I am not a singer. God did not give me that gift and I'm okay with that. But I do, I do have a song. It's an old song and um, I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but it's Live Your Life by T.I., rapper T.I. and Rihanna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so live your life. That's as good as, it, as it's gonna get for you mm -hmm. in this thing. But the words that that the, in that song that really resonate with me as I, um, you know, just go on this journey of entrepreneurship is I'll read them. Okay. Right. Um, T.I. is rapping and he says, some move away to make a way, not move away because they afraid. I brought back to the hood and all you ever did is take away. And so when I think about those words, I think sometimes when we're thinking about trailblazing, when we think about creating uh, new paths and new paradigms from where we've been and where we're going, sometimes I think there is a misjudgment that inappropriately happens because what we all know is that growth requires us to move and change and evolve. And so that song, Rihanna and T.I., really resonated with me as I thought about our time together today. 
Great. I, I just can't wait to see how you take that and shape it around some of the responses that you're going to have in, in our conversation today. Yeah. So what's really cool is that I'm not going to introduce you. I, I want you to give a 30 second elevator pitch about yourself, you know, and the stage is yours. Absolutely. So good day to all who are listening. We count it a privilege that you are here. Thank you for sharing your time with us. I am just Ronnie. When you see me, I am just Ronnie. The alphabet suit behind my name. Praise be to God for, for allowing that. But I really uh, have been put in this earth to help others along their healing path. Uh, Ronnie Cyrus Jackson, I uh, am the founder and CEO of Authentic Transformations. And really what my life's work is, is it is to inspire hope. I model authenticity. And then I curate spaces for transformation to happen. And I do that through writing. I do that through speaking. And I do that through coaching, both group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. The, the thing that all should know about me is I believe the foundation is honesty. And so if we are not ready to get honest, then I'm probably not the coach for you. Um, I do also believe in healthy challenge. I believe in love and grace and truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. However, if we're not willing and brave and courage, courageous enough to dig it up, are we really ready to heal? So that's what I do every single day. And it is it is an absolute pleasure. And it's a joy to see the transformation that happens when others uh, they're when they're willing to become honest with themselves. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. So when we let's talk about your business. Right. So yeah. what inspired you to start your business and, and how did your background influence like your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So great question. What inspired me to start my business um, of coaching? So I, I'm actually in phase two of my business and that was a whole journey as well. But what actually prompted me is what I quickly realized uh, when I became a young adult. So let me go back. I was I grew up in the foster care system. I was orphaned as a child and I have experienced a lot of adverse childhood experiences. And so when I aged out of foster care, I was already a mother. I was a teenage mom and there was no resources for me. So I was I was not a legal adult yet. I was 17 years old when I graduated high school. When I graduated high school, my daughter went to kindergarten. You do the math. I was a very young mom. So I couldn't get government assistance yet. <laughs> But I was but I had adult responsibilities. I mean, I was a whole mom. And so really, at that point, I realized there's a gap. There's a very large gap between us who are orphaned or foster children uh, and then what resources is available. Of course, I navigated that terrain. It was rough. I unfortunately, I I navigated human trafficking. I didn't realize it was human trafficking at the time. It was a it was a means to an end for me. And so, you know, working my way through that a couple years later, graduating college and then getting married, what I realized was I was sick. I was toxic and I didn't like it. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so at that point, I did choose to go to counseling and, you know, I, I learned tools and techniques and modalities to deal with the 
complex post-traumatic stress that trauma brings to, to children who experience trauma. And so fast forward a couple years later, really God impressed upon my heart that representation is critical. It's critical in these healing spaces, especially for black and brown girls who age out of the system. And what we know is, and also who have dealt with sexual abuse as, as I had, what we know is about one in three, some studies say one in four girls are sexually abused in their childhood. And so I knew that I was going to church and I had was working with the youth and there was a couple of girls who I resonated with. And so I began to mentor them. There was no curriculum out there for that. So I created a curriculum to help me to navigate the conversations that I wanted to have with them and to give them a roadmap. I didn't realize that was a whole business in itself until years later. I, I eventually created a nonprofit out of that. Now that's back in 2014. Fast forward all the way to today, now I'm in phase two of my business. So from 2014 until last year, I was coaching and speaking, and then I, I published a book. It has become an Amazon bestseller. And I mean, that has just propelled me into the next phase of my business. What to, So to answer your question, what really prompted me to become an entrepreneur? I wanted to fill a gap that I seen in in the world, especially in, in our black and brown community. And I wanted to bridge that gap with healthy resources. I desire to be the woman that I wished I had when I was growing up and healing initially from my traumas. Should, should I just stop and, and not go any further? <laughs> no, please, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that was... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm tearing up, but I'm I'm gonna hold it back. Um, you know, can you share like a significant challenge you faced in your business and and how you overcame it? Yeah, so this is the part where when I say I model authenticity, because what I do believe is that we we, we throw these buzzwords out sometimes, and what is that? What does that look like? How do you do that? Right. Um, I think sometimes we take for granted that because we are of a certain age, we should know. But I just challenge that. I challenge all of us to challenge that thought. Never assume because you don't know where people come from. And so that's why I want to model what authenticity looks like. So some people say this is a transparent moment. I call this a vulnerable moment. And I'm willing to share this. You ask the question of what challenges, what significant challenges have I faced in business? The most significant challenge that I have faced in business is um, not knowing what I don't know and not understanding how to ask for help. Now, you have to understand my background with when you ask for something, it usually came with a price, you know, as, as an abused person. So we don't really ask for too much. We figure it out. <laughs> we just gonna make it work, we'll figure it out. So in business, uh, I quickly realized that collaborations and relationships were significant. Well, because I didn't trust people and I did not um, understand the power of the collaboration, I would just try to go it alone and make it happen and make it work. And guess what? I became very frustrated very quickly and I wanted to quit. It was challenging because I believe I could have gone a lot further, a lot faster 
had I asked for help earlier. And so when, when we say networking, I challenge that ideation as well. I don't believe in networking. I will also share too in this trans um, in this vulnerable moment. I am actually on the spectrum. Mm. Uh, I, I, so I, I navigate autism every single day. It's not a mental illness, and that's what we need to understand. There's no pill that will cure my cognitive arrangement that God chose to make up in my mind. <laughs> it's just how I navigate life. And so when I think through what some people call it a disability, I call it a different ability. My brain functions a little differently. And then I put that with not under, not trusting people. And then you put that on top of trying to do a new thing that you've never seen done before. And there's no mentors. Oh, it's exhausting. And so I know for sure when I think about the challenge of not being connected with other people, your your business is is, is going to fail. And so that was just, I had to get over myself and I had to release ego. And I just had to start reaching out to every and anybody and just saying, hey, I'm starting a business. I'm trying to run a business. What do you know? Who can I talk to? And I just became desperate. And that is when the doors just began to open up for me. And God, I mean, he just started aligning people, but it wasn't until I was willing to admit that I needed help. So that that has been the most significant challenge for me is getting over myself and asking for help. No, that's a big step, right? It's admitting that you need help and, and being open enough to ask for it. And I, I can see how it has allowed you to transition and move forward in your journey. So, so let's talk about balancing you know, your cultural identity and the demands of the business world, because you know, I sometimes I, I think of this this dual personality that sometimes we have to carry with, with ourselves. So, so talk a little bit about that. You know, so so I believe in harmony. I don't know that my life has ever been in balance, and I don't know that it ever will be. However, there is harmony that I try to maintain between business and culture, and then. Who I am as a as a as a human, right? Um, when I think about when I think about harmony and culture, one thing that comes to mind very quickly is sometimes your past will not allow you to be great, and because you have people who knew who knew you, they knew the unevolved you. <laughs> the chrysalis of you, they knew that girl, but you have evolved and grown so much since that, that tension in between, I believe we get to choose if we are going to allow people to minimize us or are we going to continue to rise to the greatness of where we're going, okay? And so that I think when, when you talk about culturally speaking, um, how do I manage that? I don't give attention to what's negative. And when I see people who who have questions, I authentic, I honestly embrace their questions. I make myself available, um, especially, you know, people who've known me from my past. But when it comes to 
culturally where I'm going. Well, what we know to be true, unfortunately, is the black woman, which is pretty much who black professional women is who uh, my clientele is. When they come to me and they say, well, I feel like an imposter or, you know, or I feel, I feel, I feel. And I really combat that with let's talk through that and process that feelings are not facts. And just because we feel a way that doesn't make it a reality. The reality is that when we're functioning in life, right, when we're functioning in life, we are expected to. We're expected to grow and change, especially professionally. We don't work so hard to get these degrees to stay the same. And so when there is environments that will not allow us to evolve, those are environments that we need to flee from. And so really, that's how I that's how I balance and, and keep myself in harmony is I do a gut check and say, hey, does this environment or does this group of people or relationship or what or this space, does it allow does it go against my core values? Does it align with where I am going or is it trying to keep me stagnant or is it trying to pull me backwards? And only I can choose that. Only I can judge that. And so culturally speaking for, for us Black women, I am pro-health. I am pro-wellness. And so, um, again, I model authenticity. And so I try my best to inspire hope and show other people this is what it looks like to be well. We don't have to live in drama. <laughs> we don't. So yeah. I, I, I hope that answers your question. Well, it, it, it does. And, and it's really your answer is really what mat matters. You know, I'm not here to judge. So yeah. I love the fact that you're talking about harmony and harmonizing different aspects of your life, past, past and present, because we don't know what the future holds at this point in time. So I, I think that is, is so important. But along the journey, right, you know, we also have these mentors who help us in our career. And how has that how has that played in your career having you know great mentors and and then how do you mentor ours others right because we're giving back we're getting something receiving from mentorship and we're also passing that on yeah, absolutely mentors have been critical mentors for me have been uh, they have acted in roles for me um that i think are probably uh, inappropriate, maybe for some people, but I have had mentors who have acted as a grandmother for me. They've acted as my sister and sometimes even my mom. Mentors have have really allowed me to um, experience a different woman than I had, you know, in the in the past experienced. They have demonstrated for me uh, what love looks like, what confidence looks like. And guess what? Accountability. Most importantly, my mentors have held me accountable to the goals that I state. And when I think about a mentor, I think about one who you are allowed to two things. You're allowed to be vulnerable with them, but you also invite them to tell you truth. And so for me, mentors have been absolutely critical in giving me the exposure or connecting me to resources uh, that I, I otherwise would not have been connected to. 
So that's how mentors have been impactful for me in my life. Now, when I think about mentoring, absolutely, I do have mentees right now, uh, both in my sorority. And then I also have mentees at church. I have mentees in community. Um, so, and you know, I don't seek them out. They seek me out. But there's a condition with working with Miss Ronnie if I'm going to mentor. And the conditions are two. You can you, you see this theme of two with me, right? It's my favorite number. Um, <laughs> there's two conditions. Number one is that they they are honest with me. And then number two is that they are willing to grow and change. And, and I, I know that because I hold them accountable. And so that's how I work with, with my mentees. Um, and then when I have mentors, um, they I really lean in on them for them to show me, teach me, coach me, and share with me. I mean, they're, they're, they're nuggets, they're gems that they have. So I agree. It does work too. Mentorship works both ways. Oh, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. and, and so given your experiences in life, you know, um, what advice do you give to young people, especially women of color and who have gone through some of your challenges about having the aspiration for entrepreneurship? Because one of the things is that what, what I'm observing and have observed over the years is that we tend to be consumers of many things and oftentimes we're not putting enough energy into being innovators and entrepreneurs and, and really charting our own course. Right. So I, I would just love to hear, you know, if I was, if I was like sitting in a room and you didn't know I was there, what, what kind of advice are you just passing out, uh, handing out to people? Yeah, I don't think it's a secret. I'll tell everybody. That, and, and, and so I will say, I don't give advice. I am not, I am not here to fix your life. <laughs> uh, however, however, I will, I will share my experiences and ask questions. So I ask questions. Now, it takes you to pick up what I'm putting down. If, if, if you're listening to me, so listen intently to the questions. So the thing I would say when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship, should I be asked? Um, because I, I also don't just impose or project my two cents onto people. I need to be invited into that space. I would say, number one, don't be a saver, be an investor. I don't save. My husband and I, we don't save. We invest and why is that important? It's important because when we invest, we expect a return. And when you invest, whether it's your time, talent, your energies, your resources, your, your passions, your desires, when you're investing into relationships, there is a healthy um, accountability and there's a healthy measure by which you make choices. When you're saving, you just, you know, you just throw it over there or you just go hang, you know, hang out with that group of people or join this or join. But what, what is your expectation of that, of, of the save? I mean, what, what are you saving for? Usually you're saving because you have an intent to spend something later. Investing, I don't intend to spend my investment. I intend to receive a return. So something in return that will, 
you know, will grow my investment. So that is the first thing I would say when it comes to thinking about entrepreneurship and, and charting a new course, especially if you've never done it before, is think about where you want your investment to be. The second thing I would say is when I think about entrepreneurship, um, I would make the suggestion to sit in silence, to intentionally sit with yourself and see what comes up. I think that cultivating a growth mindset is a learned skill. It's a learned discipline. And when we are so anxious and busy and all over the place, you want you got your hands over here and your, your lips over there and you, you're just too busy. How do you allow your mind to really cultivate the purpose and the ideas, the creativity, the innovation needed to create something brand new, like, like an entrepreneurial journey? So that's the two things. Think about well, what is it that you're willing to invest in? And then number two, are you willing to sit with yourself? Or when was the last time you really sat with yourself? And in doing that, what came up for you? It's a discovery process. I, I love that. I, I love it so much, you know, in that you didn't you didn't save what you invest because you're expecting a return yes. on, on that investment. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm having a, I'm breaking, knocking things out of the way. Um, I'm just having like, ah, such goodness, such goodness. I, I'm, I'm just digging. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, but through mentorship, through giving direction, advice, modeling, you know, how do you see your business um, impacting, you know, your present community and beyond? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Dr. Dave, the first part, the first phase of my business was speaking, coaching, writing, all of that. Now that I've launched the second phase, I am beginning to curate spaces for black and brown women to come and just be. Mm. So I've organized my first silent retreat. It will happen at the end of March, March 22nd and through the 24th over the course of a weekend where only eight women will convene. And it, it's, it's entitled, or our theme is rest and receive. So the second part of my business, um, where I see my business going is I see myself as a philanthropist. Now follow me, okay? I'm, I'm as, a woman, as a philanthropist and as a servant leader, I believe that it's my responsibility to give. It's my responsibility to remove hurdles or barriers uh, from people reaching their greatest good. I believe that it is also my responsibility, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. So it's my responsibility to give women exposure and tools for their toolkits. And so how I envision my business going from here on out is I envision myself um, franchising. Eventually, wow. I'm yeah, I'm working on a, a on on a building. Uh, it, it's a home, but I'm working on a building for for like a retreat and spa center. And I envision myself um, expanding all across the globe, where black and brown women have healthy, 
healthy spaces that's curated for them with their products, with uh, decor that resonates with them, with, I mean, just um, as if they were walking into, you know, their mother's house or their grandmother's house, just the space. I think there's something very critical. Again, I'll say when it comes to environment, environment is huge for our growth. And if we are planted, we can have all the right things around us. But if we are not planted in healthy soil, we're not going to flourish. And so my so I, I, I envision me being able to curate them, them spaces for women to flourish. And they leave with tools, after, you know, after they've spent time with me. That's the vision of where I'm going. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love the vision. And I think of an abundance mindset as opposed to growth. That's why I, I, what I'm experiencing right now in this conversation. Um, and being a great multiplier. Yes. Right. I mean, I do things in threes. I'm like old fashioned and I'm, I'm not as, 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 as progressive as you are with, with two things. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> so I, I figure three is, is what I use. So I guess what I hear coming out of this conversation. Yeah. Um, and so what's the next peak that you're aiming to reach in your career right now? Yeah. You know, when I thought about, when I think about this question, I, this was challenging for me. I will tell you that I never envisioned me being here. Wow. And so, yes, like I really think like, wow, like, okay, I am actually, I'm really in real life, right? In real life, I'm a best-selling author. Like in real life, I am being invited to national boards. Like in real life, I am having amazing speaking engagements as the keynote, not just the side in the workshop, no diss to that because I've been there too, but as their keynote. So I never envisioned that I would even be here. And now thinking about, you know, as we we're looking for land and, you know, to build a, a whole facility, <laughs> I think the, the, the next, the next thing I look forward to is the day that I can franchise, the day that I can move and trust the business in other people's hands. Mm. That, that is what I really look forward to is, is, is giving it, gifting, gifting what I've worked so hard to create to someone else to duplicate it in their community, in their area, in their state, in their city. That's what I'm looking to forward to. I think that will be my next pinnacle mountaintop experience when I'm there. I can't wait to see it. I really can't. You know, I, I'm so excited for you in terms of the journey that you've been on and you're still on currently. So, you know, your story isn't just about, you know, getting to your mountaintop, you know, it's about building a whole mountain range for others to climb. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. So any final 
aspiring or even inspiring words that you want to uh, leave with our aspiring trailblazers and entrepreneurs? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think about when I think about this journey of entrepreneurship, it just needs to be said. Stop romanticizing it and shame on you. And I'm going to call my colleagues out. Shame on us for giving social media the highlight reels about what's so grand about being an entrepreneur, flashing the, the tangible outcomes, but you don't give the story of how you cried at night, how you went in debt. <laughs> at least that's mm -hmm. my story. <laughs> you know how, you, you know, the rejections that came in the beginning, how they were you know, they, they traumatized your soul. Like, you know, the days when you felt like you weren't good enough, or sometimes I, I, I have felt like a fraud. <laughs> and sometimes quite frankly, it's like, I didn't even know how to articulate where I was even going. Like, can we as entrepreneurs do our future entrepreneurs a favor and love them well enough to tell the truth about this journey? It's hard. It's hard and it's worth it and it's necessary. And so if you go into a thing with the truth, at least, you know, the rules of the game and you know how to navigate it. But setting people up for failure as if, hey, in the next 30 days, you're going to make six figures. That's a lie from hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened that way. I have. I have been on this journey. It'll be 10 years this year. And I am just now starting to um, starting to get my name out there and known. So it's been this long that it's taken. Now, I'm not saying that's everybody's story. Some people, they do go a lot faster. I'm just saying for me, the point is it takes time. Yeah, It takes time. It takes patience. But understanding your why understanding why you are doing what you're doing and then allow your why to be the discipline that allows you to be consistent and working hard at whatever it is that you're trying to create one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, one decision at a time and allowing, allowing your why to be greater than you. That, that's what I would leave with people. I just, you know, as we leave, you know, this conversation and this story behind in the ether, you know, and, and, and others get to uh, to listen to it. Um, how do you want people to connect with you? Is there, you know, email, website, you know, you talked about your book, um, even how do, how do you want people to connect with all of this goodness that you have going on here? Uh, yeah. Why don't you share that with the audience as well? Absolutely. So you can find me hanging out on socials on LinkedIn much of the time. I do go into Facebook. Um, I try to do about once or twice a week, but I pretty much keep LinkedIn open. I interact in LinkedIn. It's almost like my um, my text messaging on social media, if you will. So LinkedIn, this is the beauty. I am the only I'm the only Ronnie Cyrus Jackson in the world. So Google me <laughs> and I <will> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll find how to connect. Um, I do have a website. It's under construction. Let me tell you, okay, this is another vulnerable moment. 
I my marketing manager made me put a website up when I started getting invited to do speaking engagements and book tours. So it's a presence that's out there. I know I look young, but I'm closer to 50 than I am 20. Uh, <laughs> and social uh, media, <laughs> social media is I'm learning social media. And so this whole website thing, it's a team of two of us at this point. And so yeah, it's it's under construction, but you can visit visit me there nonetheless. It's Ronnie Cyrus Jackson.org. That is that is my website. So it will be changing, you know, from time to time. Oh, lastly, my book. Go ahead, my go book. for it. Yeah. So my book, I don't know if it'll show on the screen, but I'll I'll hold it. Put it under your chin, like maybe not. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So this is my book. Unmasking the Hurt, A Journey of Healing with Hope, Authenticity, and Transformation. You can find it on Amazon. Um, I'm sure if you do just an Amazon search of either my name or or the title, it'll pop right up for you. It's, it's in a Kindle version, and it's also paperback version. And so, yeah, I am available to coach either in group settings or one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I also do speaking engagements. My favorite speaking engagements are fireside chat style engagements with, with, with small groups. But I'm happy to embrace large crowds as well. All right. I'm going to make sure that everyone knows about this. And so in closing, I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. And a real special thank you to Ronnie Cyrus Jackson for giving so generously today. You know, I, this is, you know, this this story is going to resonate and, and stick with me for some time. And, and I'm sure it will with, for others as well. So I want you to stay tuned, uh, Trailblazers, because our next episode is all, it's going to even take you even higher and higher. As, you know, I don't think we can get any higher than Ronnie, but, you know, you know, we can always aspire for that, right? Sure you can, because guess what? I am needing to go higher and higher, so I hope there's someone up there at the top for me. <laughs> uh-huh, I hear you. Well, thank you so much, Ronnie. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And, um, you know, if you got anything out of this, just fire back, you know, put some comments in LinkedIn. This video is going to be out there. Uh, reach out to Ronnie and, um, you know, go out and listen to the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast that's available on Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google, and about 25 other channels. So um, wherever you get your podcasts, you can check out Now Share with Dr. Dave. And with that, have a blessed day. Be blessed. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.